The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 47, Leading Through Change and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host. He's Michael Tanner. Michael, my friend, how's it going this week, sir? Stephen, I am great as always, always excited to jump on here behind the microphone and, and chat with you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. And it's kind of freaky this week because you're looking straight at me through this this teleprompter setup you have. And I'm not used to you staring straight at me all the time. I so know, I feel man. kind of weird. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm trying to take it up a, up a notch. You know, <laughs> I get tired of looking down at my monitor and realizing, oh, I'm not I'm not looking at Stephen. So, well, that's when I make yeah. faces at you when you look down. So, yeah, yeah. I got a got a teleprompter now and I can actually look at you while I talk to you. So that's that's good. awesome, man. I'm glad you're doing well. Life's good out here, too. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. What's on the what's on track for us? So I thought today we would talk about leading through change, right? So uh, within your organization, within your team, or maybe the way that your team operates, there's some rather large change that you want to make as a leader, that you want to lead your team through. And, you know, as I said, this is some kind of rather large change, right? This is not some simple, uh, simple change that you're making, but, but maybe you know, big shifts in the way you're organized as a team or big shifts in the way that you operate as a team. Maybe you're wanting to to switch to a, a different operational methodology or something like that. So, so big change that's necessary that you lead the entire team through, uh, as you know, as well as I do, Stephen, there's not many people out there that enjoy or like or look forward to change. They tend to want things to stay the same. And so a change of this size, it poses a pretty significant leadership challenge. And so I thought we'd talk about a few steps here today around how does a leader lead through a change as substantial as the one we're talking about? How's that sound? Sounds good. And one thing I know is you're right. Human beings just can't stand change, just human nature. So we'll get a lot of value out of this today. So let's go ahead and dig in. So, so first bullet point I have for you here is um, what you need to do is you, first thing you need to do individually on your own, you need to envision and really note down the details of the needed change, right? I, I feel like too many leaders jump past this step. They just think of a good idea, you know, hey, our team should change in this way. And then they just jump, jump right into talking to people about it. Hey, let's make these changes. And they don't necessarily have all the details worked out. They don't have a, a good thorough, uh, you know, if you will, plan as to how to get there and, and, and all that. And I think the first thing you really need to do 
as the leader, when you, when you have this idea of this change that you need to make, you need to, to spend some time with just yourself and you need to really, really envision this change. You need to envision what does your team look like after this change has been implemented. You need to really, really detail what are the steps necessary to make this change in our team and get all of those details lined up first. And, you know, and, and even, as I said, take note of them, write them down uh, because there's going to be steps within the process of making the change where you're going to have people that ask you detailed questions. And if, if you as the leader, if you haven't thought through those things, your likelihood of successful change is going to go down greatly. You're going to have people that ask you, well, why are we making this change? If you haven't thought through those details of why this change is necessary and all that, then you're going to struggle to lead your team through this change that, as we just talked about, they don't necessarily want. Uh, and, and so you've, this first step is it's all about you and some alone time and noting down the details of what this change really looks like. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's frequent that people don't spend enough time and energy up front setting the stage for what the change will ultimately look like. They rush into the action steps of let's start moving this over here and let's start moving people over there. And, and they haven't thought through it with enough detail to give the change a chance to happen. So what it really does is it gives change a bad rap. It gives change a bad rap and it's not the change itself. It's the people that plan the change. It's just like you wouldn't get in a car and go on a trip without a, knowing your destination or, or having a map uh, back in the, in the old days, the old map, the old paper map, but right, you wouldn't right. have your GPS or your phone uh, pointing you in the right direction. You would, you would have a plan and you would know why you're going there. So why are we changing? What's the reason? What's the intended business outcome? What's the impact on people? This is all part of that upfront thoughtfulness that goes into spending Literally, I believe you're right. It's quiet time to think. We don't do that enough as leaders. Just, I was telling my HR manager the other day about my white space on my calendar. And I said, I have this intentionally because if I just book my calendar full, all I'm doing is serving other people in their desires all day long. I haven't solved and worked on things that are important to me in the business. So, part of that, I told her, was to sit, close the door, turn off the lights. And just absolutely just close my eyes and think. And to me, that's time well spent. And it serves leaders well to do. You think you're doing enough when you're going through change. I'd say double or triple that amount of time to give it a fair shake of being successful. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. And, and I know some people are of the, of the nature that, you know, they just have these ideas coming at them kind of rapid fire and they feel the need to take action on it right away. And, and I get that. I understand that. And to some degree, I'm that way also. But you got to recognize, again, you're, you're carrying with you a team of people. And I don't know if that's two people or 200 people, but you're carrying with you a team of people through this change. And they don't necessarily have the same idea you do. And so you've got to be prepared to give them the details and the, and the reasons and all that behind that. And if you haven't taken the time up front, it's really hard to, to come up with all those details and, and when you're kind of under fire, if you will, when you're being, you know, put on the spot asking questions or something like that, if you haven't thought through it ahead of time, it's a really, really big challenge. Now, step number two, now that you've sat down and you've thought about all the details, a lot of people will just, well, let's just rush out in front of the whole team 
Tell them what we're going to do and get started. Well, I think you've jumped the gun again, because number two, I think what you need to do is on an individual basis, you need to go and gain alignment from some of your strategic team members associated with this change, right? So you're going to do this somewhat one-on-one. Uh, you could do it with a small group of two or three, maybe if it, if it was meaningful to do that, but you want to go and in one-on-one gain alignment in the, in the executing the change with those strategic team members. Now, strategic team members, it may mean a, a couple of different things. Maybe these team members are strategic because of where they sit within the org chart of the team, right? Because, uh, you know, maybe their part of the team is going to have some different responsibilities going forward after this change. And so you want to get some gain, gain some alignment from the leader of that, that part of the team, right? Or maybe they're strategic because they carry a lot of influence within the team. So organizationally, there's no real significance to having the alignment of this individual, but you just know because of maybe their seniority, how long they've been with the team or, or just, you know, you just know that everyone respects this person, this team member. And so they have a lot of influence with the rest of the team. And so you want to meet with them before you talk to the whole team, you want to meet with these individuals and gain their alignment on the change first. Uh, now, what this means is you're going to have to spend potentially some significant amount of time with these individuals. You're going to have to talk to them about the change and then give them some time to process. And then they may want to come back to you with, with questions. And, 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 oh, by the way, you want them to come back to you with questions because it's probably very similar questions that they're going to come back to you privately that you're going to get publicly as you try to implement this change in front of everyone, right? So you want them to come back to you with these kind of change, uh, questions and, and maybe even challenges and so forth. They're going to be doing that privately. So you're going to have to spend some significant amount of time with them. But then as you get alignment, you want to be really, really clear on how can those individuals help to make this change successful, right? So part of the reason you're wanting to get them, get them aligned with making this change is because you can then use them in the implementation of this change to ensure that it's successful. One, they're already on board, right? They bought in because you've spent some time with them. They're aligned on the strategy or the change. And two, they've got some responsibility associated with implementing this change. And you've talked to them about that. And so you're somewhat, if you will, presenting a unified front to the whole team uh, with the strategic team members. So step number two there, you've got to gain some alignment from your strategic team members. Yeah, what I'll add to that is, and you said this, is you're getting buy-in also, right? You're getting buy-in and ownership of the change itself. It's not done in the silo. It's not you implementing change in the organization. It's the organization putting their arms around change in the right way to get buy-in. And as you leverage other people, be it other leaders, and I love it when we do change, when I leverage people on the floor, the, the workers, the people that, that run the machines, that do the work, because they have the ear of the floor. And if you have those folks really bought into the change, they are your strongest advocates to get the message out in a way that others trust even more because of the relationship 
they have with those individuals. And it really helps sell the change from within the organization instead of from on top of the organization. And when you do that, you get the buy-in and you get everybody you know, pulling that that rope in the tug of war, you're going to usually win as an organization because you're going to have buy-in. And then when things go south a little bit, you're going to have people rallying around it because they were all part of that uh, unfolding of this change. It's not people going, see, I told you so. You didn't bring me in. I told you it would fail. You didn't listen to me. You don't have that. So it's getting those stakeholders, those partners in the organization to buy in and to help you market and sell the idea of this change, not just the change itself. Yeah, that, that's so good, Stephen. I mean, that that buy-in up front is, is so important, right, um, uh, for the success of this change. And while you're getting that buy-in from those, uh, you will also likely be getting some really, really insightful intelligence around the implementation of this change as well. Even to the extent there's been a few times, not many, but there's been a few times where when I was at the step of gaining the alignment from strategic team members, they actually talked me out of making the change. And it wasn't that so much that they talked me out of it, but they brought up things that I didn't think about. And I actually decided, you know what, we're not going to do that. Sometimes we're going to do something different or, you know, whatever. But occasionally they'll even bring up, you know, intelligence that, that tells you, yeah, we, maybe we shouldn't make this change. Uh, they'll oftentimes bring up intelligence that adjusts your plan, your details, right? They may say something, well, you know what? Five years ago, we tried to make this exact same change. Oh, really? Tell me a little bit about why you feel like that change, that, you know, that failed. Uh, and so you get a lot of really, not just support from these strategic team members, you get a lot of, you know, insight that you really need. So spend some time with those strategic team members ahead of time. Now, step number three, finally, where many of us leaders want to get to, we're going to get in front of the team now, and we're going to talk about the change that we're going to make. So step number three here is you're going to communicate, communicate, communicate. Too often, I believe leaders at this point, maybe they have done step one and two, but they get in front of the team as a whole now, uh, maybe it's kind of an all hands meeting kind of thing. And, and they make the announcement. Here's the change that we're going to make. And maybe they give lots of details about the change. Maybe they even give a, a lot of detail about the plan of how we're going to implement this change. Maybe they talk a lot about why we're going to make this change and so forth. But too many leaders stop there. They have that first all hands meeting where they make the, the you know, the announcement of this change. And then the communication from them just kind of stops about that change. That can't be the case. If you're making a significant change, then, then it's not going to change like a light switch. Right? You're, this is going to take days, weeks, maybe even months to implement this change. And it's important that your team hears from you multiple times along the way of implementing that change. And I know, Stephen, you and I have talked about this before. Different team members receive communication in different ways. And so not only do you want to communicate it, uh, you know, often you want to communicate it in different ways as well, right? Some, some people like to hear stories. Some people like to hear bullet points. Some people like emails. Some people like announcements, you know, a, a, a verbal announcements in front of them. And, 
So you, as the leader implementing through this change, you've got to be willing to communicate often and in many different ways as your team goes through the process of implementing this change. It is so true. And some people, some people don't even read their emails, right? So if you, if you just rely on email to communicate to your team, chances are you're going to have a segment of your team who is, you know, wandering around the forest, wondering what's going on because they're not going to read those emails. And some people like stand-up meetings. Some people like one-on-one conversations. The thing is, as a leader, you have to do all of those in connection, connect all of those, link all of those together to be able to penetrate the organization with the message, whatever message it is, regardless if it's change or anything else, you have to, you have to hit people up in different ways because some people just don't pay attention to certain things and they have to hear things two or three times before they stop and really listen. You know, I've never had anyone come to me in my entire career and say, you know what, you guys just communicate way too much for me. Never, never, never heard that happen. I never heard that happen. It's usually just the opposite. We didn't know that was going on. And uh, no, nobody told us that. And, and it makes you stop and think about these mechanisms to communicate, but no one ever comes and says you communicate too much. So when you think you've done enough, you're probably wrong. Do some more and think of different ways to reach out and connect with people. If you do that and then you do it some more and then you go, well, you know, do it some more. And then chances are you're now you're getting to the right amount of communication that you need for any type of change, especially a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree with that, Stephen. I mean, I'm a real subscriber and I don't know who or where to attribute this, but, but I've heard many people say it before is as a leader, when you feel like you've, you're starting to communicate too much, you're only about halfway there. And so to to the point you just made, when you feel like you're communicating too much, just do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, Because as you said, eventually everybody's going to, you know, hear it or or read it or, you know, and and it's going to resonate with them. So you got to just keep communicating, right? Now, this is a big change that we're making, significant change. So we've talked about it's going to take weeks or months and so forth. Well, you, Hopefully in step number one and in step number two, as you gained alignment, you built out a pretty good plan as to how to implement this change. Well, I, I believe it was Mike Tyson that says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the nose, right? And I say this with my project managers all the time. Your project plan is going to go sideways eventually, right? Be prepared when it goes sideways. And so as you implement through this, through this, uh, uh, this change, things are going to, things are going to happen. And and what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to have in place some measurements. And based on those measurements, you're then going to need to adjust your plan, right? So you, you go into implementing this change with a plan that says it'll take us two months to implement this plan. Well, along the way, you might recognize, well, actually, no, it's going to take us 10, you know, 10 weeks, not eight weeks to implement this plan. And here's why, and here's how we're going to adjust and so forth. So whether it's time-based, whether it's, you know, milestones and task-based or activities-based or whatever you choose is fine. You've just got to pick some things and measure them along the way as you implement this change. And as the measurement, as the data suggest if you need to make adjustments, 
then you make those adjustments along the way. So just be prepared for that because it's significant change. you got a lot of people trying to make their way through this change. So be measuring it and be prepared to adjust when, you, when is necessary. And one of the best ways to do that is to know what success looks like, to know what success feels like and to know That's what right. success is measured like. And it's, you know, measurements are important. You got to have data. We we're kind of data junkies, you and I, but there's also this, measure of, of expertise and experience. And that's the people dynamic. That's the part that sometimes numbers don't tell the full story on because you have emotions and feelings and people who embrace things at differing levels. And, you know, unfortunately it's true. And we've all seen this. I think you and I've seen this where people are actively undermining the change, right? Yes. It's not, it's yes. not just indifference and indifference I can work with because I can pull you over, but it's the people that, that go the extra mile to, to unravel things because they just don't want to be part of that. And they want to see it the other way that takes you. That's the people side that you've really got to stay connected to. And leadership is, I think you said, what? Well, well, oh yeah. Relationship. Leadership yes. is yes. relationship. So you've absolutely got to be tied into that and not get so pulled into the measures and the numbers that it makes you think blindly about the change that's going on. And I'll bring up Zig Ziglar because, you know, this is, you this is what I do. And Zig Ziglar said that when, when you run into a problem like this, and I've brought this up before, you, you have two things you can do. You can respond to it or you can react to it. If you react to it, it's like getting a medication, a prescription. If you go to the doctor and you get a medication and you have a reaction, that's a bad thing. You don't want a reaction. You don't want to react to things when you're changing and just start spouting out things that aren't thought through. Instead, when you go to the doctor and you get a medication and you respond to the medication, that's a positive. That's a good thing. Your body is responding to it. Same thing in change management. When you're rolling out change and communicating, when things go off the rails, and they will, I don't know of any project that has not gone off the rails to some degree at some point. If you stomp and pound and threaten and do all these things, it, people are going to tell you what you want to hear, and the problem is going to continue to exist. And instead of that, you've got to respond to those, those problems and challenges when things come off the rail, engage the team the right way, take a look at the measurements and the data course correct, shift your decision-making, try something different, and then you have a chance to get back on track and get caught up. But it's, those, it's that very subtle difference of when change goes wrong, how do you re react or respond to that change to get the desired outcome? Yeah, totally. I mean, just, just count on it. Again, we're, we're making significant change here, and it's going to take a lot of activity and a lot of time. And Inside of that activity and inside of that time, something is not going to go as planned. You as the leader have got to be prepared to identify that through measurements and adjust. You've got to just, you've got to be ready to do that. And then finally, as we get to step number five here, I'm going to kind of revisit step number three. And I'm going to say to you again, you've got to communicate, right? Now, this looks a little different now. Now that you've got to step number five in making this change, you have to communicate. Uh, Three things here, in my opinion, you want to communicate. You want to communicate those adjustments that we just talked about. As you're making adjustments to the plan and, and so forth, it, it may be that the change you're making takes on a slightly different definition or, or, or looks different or something like that. 
Along the way, you want to be communicating these adjustments with your team. At this stage in your change, you probably also have some heroes within your, within your team in implementing this change. It, it may be those strategic team members that we talked about in step number two, or it may be others that just kind of came out of the woodwork and they've become heroes in implementing this change. Well, guess what? You'd better communicate that. As the leader, you need to be talking about and you need to be giving credit to and bragging on those team members that have been doing a wonderful job for you through implementing this change. So that's the other, the second part of this, this final communication that you want to have. And then finally, when you succeed, when you implement and, and you've, you know, uh, kind of fully implemented the plan to get to this change that you're wanting to implement, then you want to communicate and you want to celebrate that, right? So the last part of celebrate or communication here in implementing your change is you want to celebrate with the team, the success in making the change that you've made as a team. Yeah, that's good stuff. You said it earlier about when you think you've communicated enough, you've only done about half of what you need to do. Well, step five is the other half that we right. need to do, right? It's the, it's, it's easy to think about communication in terms of the change itself. What sometimes gets lost in that is all of the things that happen once the change begins to go into place. All of those course corrections that you mentioned, all of those adjustments. It's easy to talk about the overarching change, but sometimes people don't want to admit we've had to, to make a change to the change. Sometimes people don't think of it in terms of a big deal that it's, ah, nobody, you know, people know we're changing. They don't really care about this adjustment. Don't assume that. People want to know what's going on because you've moved their cheese, right? Yes. You have moved yes. their cheese and people don't like their cheese moved. And when you tell them you're going to move it and then you move it a different direction, a different way, not as far, too far, people go through this cycle of emotions and cycle of how do they react or respond to that change uh, to go back to that. But I love the fact that communication is never complete. When you think you're done, you're not done. But this last step here says, don't forget about all of that follow on and follow through communication. And I love the part about the heroes because you're going to have those handful of people, whether they're leaders or, or uh, engineers or folks on in the shop, you're going to have those handful of leaders that have stepped up gone big on adapting, pulling people in, convincing others. You want to make sure to recognize them. They're going to be your, your folks you want to lean on in the future for other projects as well. It's going to give them, uh, you know, this recognition is going to give this, them this opportunity to stand out and differentiate themselves. And also the whole celebration piece, nothing says something went well than to, to, you know, have a lunch or bring people in and talk about the change, talk about the difference, the impact on the business, how it's going to help us over the long term. People really respond well to that. And it's so easy to do. You just have to make the decision to do it and not take yeah. any of that for granted. Yeah, totally. I mean, that whole celebration thing, I mean, it doesn't have to be big and elaborate and all that. It, it, can, it can be just another one of those those all hands meetings where, you know, you really brag on the team and you, you know, kind of verbally celebrate the fact that you've made this change, but, but here's the deal. Nothing says that you, what you've done 
what you've just gone through, what you've just done, the impl- the change you've just implemented is useless more than not celebrating it, right? If you lead your team through three or four or six months of the hard work of implementing a change, and then once you get there, you just kind of let that go, just let it go on by like, like, like it was just another day. Nothing tells your team members more that that was a useless activity than not celebrating it. So you definitely want to finish this, you know, this implementation of this change with a celebration communication of some sort. And again, it doesn't have to be huge and elaborate. You don't need confetti and balloons and all of that. You just need to acknowledge the hard work the people have done and, and how successful they were in implementing this change and so forth. You've got to celebrate it in some way. Yeah. Pat on the back could go a long way because some people, some people live and work in environments and, and organizations where, a pat on the back is is a major major deal because it doesn't happen okay. and it, yep. it very easy and there's no effort to recognize people if you do certain things and and uh, people appreciate it so good good discussion I love those five steps I think that really walks through change in a in a really smart and succinct way uh, any last thoughts before we transition to behind the scenes no I think let's jump behind the scenes we'll uh, we'll come back with a recap here awesome. Awesome. So behind the scenes in 28 minutes. How about that, my friend? 28 minutes. I know we've got a chance here. Well, we don't have a chance to hit 30. We don't have a chance to hit 30. We have a chance to hit maybe 35. Yeah, Yeah, we could do that. Uh, So good stuff. Um, I'll start first. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about in the last episode, episode 46, we talked a little bit about a pivot we are yeah. looking at and working through. Why don't you bring us up to date uh, for all the listeners out there? Yeah. So, so speaking of change, uh, <laughs> we should probably talk a little bit about, you know, some of the changes that you and I are, are looking at making uh, regarding our podcast. You know, we, we, I think if we go all the way back to episode 44, we shared with our audience, Hey, we've been looking at some numbers and, and, and are there, is there data that suggests that we should make some changes to the podcast? And we've solicited for feedback. We've gotten some of that feedback. And, and as we look at that, you and I knew going into the beginning of this, we were, we were basically taking two topics and putting them together, leadership and entrepreneurship. And at the time, sounded like a really good idea. That's the world that the two of us are, are living in and so forth. But I think what we've recognized in our audience and in the feedback we've gotten and in our numbers some of our listeners are really interested in the leadership half of this podcast. Others of our listeners are, are really interested in the behind the scenes or the entrepreneur side of our podcast. And so don't know yet exactly what the details of that look like and, and not, certainly not ready to share them with our audience just yet. But going forward, we're going to separate these two topics. We're, we're still going to continue to deliver both topics but we're not going to continue to try to combine them into a single podcast and have half the audience interested in the first half of the podcast and half the audience interested in the second half of the podcast. We're going to continue to deliver the same type of content, but just in two different forms so that the entire podcast resonates with those that are listening. So that change is, is coming. And over the course of the next, uh, say, three or so podcast episodes, as, as Stephen and I, have, as we figure out these details, we'll certainly communicate them to, our, to you guys, the listeners. Yeah, and, th- and that's the key. It's, we're, we're doing this in a, in a thoughtful way. We're not rushing into it. We've given a lot of thought about the different possibilities that 
this podcast can go. And we've we've come to a couple of conclusions along the way here that we're working through that we're meeting about. And we want to do a, um, uh, you know, a very thoughtful, thorough job on how we a announce it and b transition to it because we don't want to just hop into to something also without some some good strong thought around it. So looking forward to the change. I think it'll be a win-win. It'll still deliver the content and both aspects. And we'll, we'll unpack that here over the next couple of episodes uh, and figure out um, all of the details and share that with the audience out there. So good stuff there. Uh, for me, behind the scenes, I continue to work on, on my Army Promotion Points course. I have uh, three students in it right now. As I've indicated, uh, I'm getting ready to drop week two, module two tomorrow. I have that locked and loaded. All of the videos, the lessons are built out. Everything's in place there. I'm starting to, starting to get a few bits and drop dribbles. Yeah, dribbles of uh, student feedback, little one-liners and things that are fairly encouraging. They indicate that there's they're getting good value out of the content. And I even offered one student a one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching session for an hour. I haven't heard back. I don't think he checks his email that frequently, but I offered him that. He's been uh, a guy that I definitely can help. I can understand his situation, and I'm, I'm looking forward to serving him. So things like that. The course is going well. I'm looking forward to dropping the, the new module tomorrow, continuing to build out modules three and four, get that done, and then I'll have a completed asset. I need to just focus on, as you and I struggle with, I think, is traffic and marketing and funnels yeah. and, and auto email responders and dialing it in. I'm, I'm a perfectionist, which is a, a huge setback for me because I, I struggle to let things just go on without being just so tight and perfect. And I know I'm not capable of that quite yet. So I've got to let go. I've got to realize that you got to crawl a little bit here and you're going to, you know, as, as a, as a kid learning to walk, you're going to bang your head into a few things and you're going to have some boo-boos. You just gotta, just gotta work through it. And I think that's my, one of my biggest struggles is just recognizing that I've got to work through this and I can't make sure everything's absolutely perfect because I'll go in and dial every one of these lessons back up and make 20 changes to it. I just, I'm fighting that urge and just moving on with the content. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you're definitely under the gun. I mean, I know you've got a lot of content over these next couple of weeks that, you know, you're releasing, you're releasing a, a big batch of content, I think every Monday uh, for these students. And, and so, yeah, the need to focus on that has never been greater for you probably um, but I'm just, I'm just super encouraged and, and just, I mean, you, I'm super happy for you as well. Some of the comments that you are sharing that these students are sharing with you, you know, I, I talked to, we talked about this before we hit record. Human nature is people aren't going to leave a comment or review unless they hate it or love it. And you've got these students that are giving you comments and, and that's, clear some of it is is very relevant in what they're or, or it's very evident in what they're saying but you know they love it because they're willing to leave you feedback and leave you a comment or a review or or, or whatever because because yeah i mean as easy as we might make it leaving a comment or a review well, not everybody's willing to take the time to do that unless this is in some way very meaningful to yeah, them clearly yeah. Your students are, it's very meaningful to them. It's so energizing too. It's, uh, it's that yeah. little, it's that little 
pick me up. There's a Twinkie in the middle of the day that gives you a little bit of a rush, right? Absolutely. So I love it. What about you, my friend? What's going on with you? So, so for me behind the scenes, I'm really at a decision point. And, and now I've given myself another, tw- I've got 24 more hours to make my decision. And, you know, I'd kind of said uh, by Monday, I'm going to make a decision. Here's the decision point I'm at. We've talked about all, on here before. I'm in the middle of building an online course for building team trust. Uh, and so as a part of that effort, I've really, really been interested in uh, Amy Porterfield has a digital course academy. And she covers all of the ins and outs, one of, of building a course, you know, the whole recording and the sessions and all that. But she also does a lot of great information around the marketing and advertising of that course and, and the, the follow-up in the middle of the course. And a lot of those extra activities around building a course that is not at all, um, you know, my sweet spot. I can build a leadership course. I can build a teamwork course and the content that needs to go in it. I'm not at all worried about that. It's all the extracurricular activity around the course that's foreign to me that I don't know. So I'm considering that. But on the other hand, I'm also greatly considering uh, individual coaching. You introduced me to uh, to a man, uh, a coach, uh, Tom Hefner, right? And uh, so I talked with him the other day and, and really, really interesting in engaging with him in a coaching relationship. I'm a coach. You're a coach. We both obviously believe in coaching and, you know, and I, I've got a few mentors in my life and things like that, but at the moment I don't have an active coach. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at that as well. And so where I'm at is I'm in a decision point. I don't feel like I can do both. But at the moment, which is the best decision for me and the growth of this business and, and the growth of this course that I'm, that I'm uh, looking to do. And, and some may hear me say that and say, well, the course is obvious because you're, you're building a course and so forth. Well, but Tom in coaching will greatly benefit me in things like limiting beliefs and, and stuff like that. So the mindset stuff, I've got to really decide. Is it the mindset stuff that might be holding me back or is it the logistics uh, of building and advertising and a course and, and things like that that's holding me back? So I'm at a decision point and somewhere around 12 to 15 hours from now, I've got to make that decision and then commit to one or the other. So that's where I'm at. I love the fact that you've given yourself a time frame to make the decision, I did, right? I did. Because yeah. guys like me, without a time frame, I'll just meander and wonder, or I'll just pull the trigger so quick, which I have a tendency to do at times, uh, you know, I'll just jump into something. But it, it's great that you're given pause and, and thoughtfulness to this. The positive out of both of these is they're both intended to make you better. Yes. Right? Yeah, these I are, don't think I can, I really think I'm in a situation where I don't think I can, quote, lose right. with either of the of the, the choices. Uh, but I do want to make a wise choice and, yeah. and so forth. So, yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's something that we talk about. It's hard to, it's hard to tell people that they need coaching. If, if you're not investing in yourself, whether it's coaching right. or courses or whatever the mechanism is, when you invest in yourself in your development, be it an online course or, or one-on-one coaching or group coaching, it is absolutely uh, you can you're you are you are walking the walk and 
recognize clearly, you and I recognize the value out of this self-development. I'm in, I'm in uh, coaching, I'm in uh, different mastermind groups. I'm just a kind of a self-development junkie. And I just like to better myself. I enjoy the process. And I'm doing all of this from a standpoint of I'm trying to grow my business. I'm trying to grow my course out there. And being around people, the more I'm around people who get it, the more I'm around people who want to better themselves, it's it's healthy for me. It's good for me. I get to help them. They get to help me. And we all win. And we're all marching kind of down the same, maybe on different roads, but we're going towards a similar destination. And that's being successful and serving others and having products and services that matter and can really be out there helping people and and something we can scale and make money from too, because it does take a lot of time, energy, and focus. And we want to be recognized for that with those certificates of appreciation. So uh, it's good stuff. I, I just think it's great that you're considering A or B and A and B both serve you at a high level. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, there, there is a luxury in knowing that you can't lose whichever way you go. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I finally, it was on, we're recording his, this on Sunday evening. It was finally on Friday. I think that I had all of the, the information regarding the two choices. And I just said to myself, okay, Monday, Monday morning, I'm going to have a decision made. And I've been thinking through it all, all weekend and talked to you a little bit about it yeah. earlier today. And so, yeah, tomorrow morning, uh, I'm going to commit to one or the other. So we'll see. Well, it could be option C and you haven't thought about C yet. Well, we'll see what tonight brings when you, when you rest your head on the pillow. That's true. That's oh true. my gosh. A, so, a night's sli- sleep can change a lot of things. It sure can. Um, good stuff, my friend. You want to wrap us up? Yeah. So let's do that. So, uh, so listen, if you, if you need to make a big change in your team, do it. Lead through that change, but just do it in a wise manner, right? So envision all the details of the, the change that's needed. Gain some alignment from your strategic team members. Communicate, communicate, communicate. And then as you implement that change, measure and adjust along the way. And then finally, communicate again the successes, the heroes, and the celebration of implementing that change. So I know it can be difficult. Steven knows it can be difficult. But lead through the change that's necessary to, to, to better your team. And, uh, and you'll be better for it, a better leader, and have a better team as well. In terms of our podcast here, you can always find the show notes at leaderpreneurshow.com. Leaderpreneurshow.com is where you'll find the show notes for this episode 47 and all of the other episodes there as well. And then for Stephen and everything that he's doing, you'll find everything going there at stephenfaust.com. And as always, you can find me and the things I'm doing at credibleleaders.com as well. So until Stephen and I speak to you again next week, be blessed and lead well.